Hi, I'm Nicole Matheson, and this is Unbreakable, the podcast exploring the part of us deep within that cannot be broken. Today's episode is sponsored by Embrace Women's Circle, a Facebook group to support women who see the challenges of their intimate relationships as opportunities to grow and evolve. Go to Facebook forward slash groups forward slash Embrace Women's Circle to join us. Because who couldn't do with a bit of guidance and support when it comes to navigating relationships? A few years back, Cassie Mendoza-Jones put her heart, soul, time and money into a big work project. This project came to her easily and felt effortless and joyful. It felt like she was in total alignment. So you can imagine how devastating it was for her when the project did not achieve the success she was hoping for. In fact, this so-called failure had her down, losing faith in herself, her intuition, and the universe, she was forced to go deeply into her own healing. In this experience, she could see how hard she was on herself, how controlling she was of her life, and how easy it was for her to get stuck in the doing rather than the being. Cassie also tells us why showing up and doing the inner work is much more than just doing the work, how she has had to redefine goal setting and success so that she is less controlling and more allowing, why allowing things to be as they are leaves space for things to be even better than you could possibly imagine, why it was just so hard for her to forgive herself and how a health crisis forced her to really go there, and finally how her mother first initiated her intuition at a toy shop, and how she keeps this alive these days with automatic writing. Enjoy. I've had, I think I've had a few bathroom floor moments. I don't know if during the moment they all felt as dramatic as sometimes we can make them in hindsight, but I had a very extended bathroom floor moment a couple of years ago. And it, and I think in the, in the, when I was in it, I didn't realize exactly the lessons that would come out of it as I think we often can't when we're in something but looking back I'm actually so grateful for it it just took so long to get to the point where I could acknowledge it and look at it and look at it from all sides and then integrate the lessons and let it go so it's it basically started not actually I won't use the word basically I'm not going to simplify it it started when I uh, went through something in my business that I put so much effort and time and love and money and resources into. And it didn't kind of, the outcome wasn't what I was expecting. And I am someone who has super high expectations, although I can manage them much better since this event. But whereas maybe a year or two ago, I would have put in lots of effort and and let it flow however it needed to flow and then just been happy and proud of what happened. Uh, I think I went into this with massively high expectations 
And I was massively disappointed. And it just took me months to clear that. And so my bathroom floor moment, I think, lasted maybe a year, like a really long time. And it, you know, by the end of it, I felt quite probably in the middle, drained and exhausted. And my vision of my future and even where I was, was felt very foggy. I had lost all clarity. I'd lost, I feel like not to be dramatic, but I felt like I'd lost hope in myself. Like I trusted myself so much in the creation of this thing. And I had put so much trust and faith and hope into the universe. And then to have what happened in terms of it just feeling flat, I was kind of like, what? What just, I don't understand what just happened. And that feeling lasted for so long. And that was the bathroom floor. Oh God, yeah. I can totally relate. I have had (laughs) that sort of thing happen to me in my business as well. Um, so was this like a, a program that you developed or something like that? Yeah, it was a really big program and it was something that I spent months, months creating, but also months kind of planning and it, because the idea came to me in what felt almost divinely, like it just dropped in that mm. the, because it dropped in so easily and because it, I worked on it so effortlessly and because it was so much fun, I kind of had it in my mind that because it felt good doing it, it would just work beautifully. And it's slight. I mean, since then I've learned so much from that, as I said, but I was about halfway through that long bathroom floor moment. I read a, a blog post and I can't even remember who it was, but it, it just spoke of entitlement in terms of we can feel entitled that because we put effort into something that means it's going to do well. And it was really eye opening and quite humbling and, but yeah, it was a really big project that I put so much work in and I'm still proud of it. It just, it was, yeah, my, the, the outcome didn't match the expectations and what the effort that I felt like I'd put in. Oh God, I'm so thrilled that you're sharing this with us because I just feel in the realm of soul and business that we're both mm. in, people don't share this stuff. We don't share the no. failures and we also have this false sense that if it is in soul alignment, that means success. Yeah. You know, because I think soul alignment for me actually has come to mean uh, a different version of success, which is actually growth. Yes, yes, yeah. And I – oh, sorry, you go. No, I was just going to say, which is what you got, right? Yes. And, and that's the beauty of it. The growth came. So I think, as you said, like we can sometimes think that because things feeling good and because we feel and are in alignment with something that means it's going to do well. And that was my, that was a huge learning curve for me because then I would get to this point where I'm like, well, if I'm doing well and I'm in alignment and I'm doing, you know, balances and kinesiology, balances and clearings on myself. And then I'm still not, you know, that in air quotes being successful or being where I want to be, then what am I like, what's wrong with me? And it was the shame that I carried hidden underneath failure and disappointment and lack so much lack. And the point about being in alignment, I mean, not the point, a point about being in alignment is that if something comes, if there's a hurdle, the alignment, being in alignment helps us get over it, under it, around it, through it. It doesn't mean there won't be hurdles in your life because you're in alignment. And that was a huge learning curve for me and a huge lesson. And the other part of it was that the growth came, I'm feeling the growth now, two years later, 
And not just to say that we, we're only going to learn something and feel the expansion from an, a failure months and years later. But for me, I think it makes sense that if the lesson, if, if the, the pain of the failure was so extended and the integration of the lessons was so extended, it makes sense that the expansion and growth will also be extended. And it, it's just a slower process. And for me, I'm someone who works fast. I think fast. When I was in um, high school in it for exams, I would finish a two-hour exam in 45 minutes. And it wasn't because I was rushing. I just, my brain ticks quickly. When I was a makeup artist, I'd finish a makeup in half an hour and everyone else would take an hour. I wasn't rushing. I just moved fast. So for me to have to have to move slowly through something, I kind of, I stall myself more because I don't like to go slowly. And then when I feel like I have to go slowly, I stress myself and then I get more stuck. So that was part of the growth as well. Is, is um, honouring your own rhythms and timings. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Which is, which we can get so stressed out about when we look at others and go, hang on. Yeah. Hang on. I'm doing something wrong here. I must have missed something if I'm this fast. Yeah. You know, yeah, and exactly. If, and if we're too slow, it's the opposite. It's like, oh my God, I'm so bad at this or whatever. And I think people, we can be so hard on ourselves because of that. And what comes into play then is our expectations of ourselves mm-hmm. and of what life, what our life should look like versus just being in the flow of what our life is right now <clears throat> and trusting that what will happen, like the pieces that we need for our puzzle will come to us when we're ready for them. Like I've been through periods in my life where I forced things to happen and it doesn't actually feel good and it doesn't work out better because if you're you're not ready to learn something you're not ready to learn and if you're not ready to integrate the lessons and then use them you're not ready and then if you force it I actually feel like you can sometimes go two steps backwards Totally. yeah which I think in hindsight is maybe why it took me so long to learn my lessons and the biggest lesson really one of is was accepting that I had thought I'd failed, looking at my self-worth in terms of external success, redefining that and actually tuning back, tuning out of like the external rhythms of success and what I thought it should look like, tuning back into myself and then forgiving myself and letting go. And that forgiveness and the letting go was where I battled. And I said, I don't use the word battled lightly. Like I actually battled with myself and yeah, that was what, what was so hard to forgive I think part of it was I started to doubt myself because I thought to myself well if I as we said before if I felt so in alignment with what I was doing if that didn't work out what did I do wrong where did I miss the boat where did I not listen to myself where did I not listen to my guidance what did I do wrong or and and and, and am I again that shame like am I a bad person because of what I did and I think also because I put so much energy and time, money, everything into it, it made everything just uh, yeah. extra. Like it just felt weighty. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. And in fact, I can more than imagine I've been there. But <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, there's so much amazing stuff there to, to unpack with you. But um, I just think this self-worth on success is such yeah. a biggie. And such yeah. a, uh, I actually feel like we're conditioned for that over many, many years in schooling and even our family life. We're conditioned for success to look a yeah. certain way. 
Um, and it's yeah. really easy to judge success if it if it looks like, you know, money or selling lots or yeah. Uh, so, how has your version of success morphed and changed as a result? So I, it's a good question. I think I I took off I took the pressure off myself to to. So, like, if I set a goal, I took the pressure off myself that if I didn't achieve the goal the way I'd written it, I would still be okay. Like, I would, I was fine. I was living. I was happy. I and it was. I, I made it not be like, oh, it's the end of the world because, like, let's say I open up a, a program or whatever it was in my life, and I was like, oh, I want it to look like this. So I want X amount of people to enroll, or I'm doing this specific project, and this is the exact outcome I want. Who am I to say that's how the outcome needs to be? Like, who, who, how do I know what could happen? And sure, on one, on one hand, we can set goals. So let's say you open a program and you're like, okay, I want, I don't know, 10 people to sign up. What if you, by saying 10, you block 20 people from signing up? Or what if by saying 10, you create so much stress that no one signs up? So it's just being open to what needs to happen for your highest good and growth and involvement and alignment or something better that's, it's just such a nicer, it has a nicer flow and a nicer energy to it. And if it doesn't happen the way you wanted it to, it's fine. Like it, who, it was taking off this, taking the weight of the world off my shoulders to say, why do I make up what my life should look like? And actually looking back, looking back at, at other things that have happened in my life that I wasn't expecting that was so beautiful and so uplifting and so empowering and inspiring and thinking to myself, it was just, it was a really beautiful reflection of like, well, if I had planned that, it might not have, ha- it might not have happened that way. And I didn't plan it and it was so beautiful. So why do I have to plan everything in my life? And I say that as like being someone who's uber organized. My mom says I came out of the womb organized and someone who is a recovering perfectionist. But the, the point of it is to not try and micromanage our entire life. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. I love this. And I love that whole or something better. And I just wanted to Mm -hmm. maybe uh, point out that or something better is going on for you. I mean, you're a Hay House author now. I mean, thank you. Yeah. This is pretty cool, right? That was one of the things that helped me. So back in 2014, I wrote on my on a post-it on my pin board, book deal, 2014. I just, I don't know when in the year I wrote it, but I, I put it on there. And then end of 2014 came and didn't get a book deal, but I didn't stress or worry about it. And turns out that the book deal that I got, the seed was planted in 2014, but I only found out about it in 2015. So you can see how the awesome thing better was like, okay, great, you're going to get it, but or something different, or something better. But who says it's going to be on the schedule that you randomly put in your diary? Like, what does that does that affect it negatively in any way? Yeah. So that was the or something better totally, and and not attaching to a specific date, like a random date that we just choose. Well, I think as well when we think about it, time is linear and it's kind of cognitive and it comes from our head. Whereas mm-hmm. when we're working with universal energies, we're actually working with something much more expansive. Like yeah, probably a lot more from our heart and our spirit and our soul. Yeah, so they're, exactly. they're actually working on different paradigms, like the whole totally. paradigm thing. Yeah, yeah. Ah, I'm just yeah. wondering as well. I felt uh, 
I felt this, and I'm just wondering, as a fellow kinesiologist and, and healer, yes. did you feel after, you know, a, a failure in inverted commas, mm. pressure because you're supposed to have your shit together? Yes, I felt pressure. So on one hand, amazingly, and I say that still a little bit bewildered, there were other elements in my life that were still flowing really well. Like I, it wasn't like I was, I think on some level I was bottoming out in some ways, but I think I was also a high functioning rock bottomer. So I don't think people know, like I would tell, I would talk to my friends and family about it and I would write about it on social media. Like if you look back at posts, that I've written in 2014, 15, a lot of them actually talk about momentum and, and self-worth and success. But, and I would write about the, I would write, I've learned the hard way in that once I learn a lesson, uh, sorry, only write about something once I've learned the lesson. I don't write about something when I'm smack bang in it because I write in a very charged way and it's not actually supportive to anyone else. It's more like event and it should be in my journal and not on my blog. And so, <laughs> A lot of the posts from back then, though, are posts that I've integrated a lesson. And I might not say when I learned it. Like, I might not say, okay, so last week at 11 a.m. on Monday, I was X, Y, Z. It would just say, oh, I recently, or here is a lesson. And it was a really nice way for me to clear stuff and be and be vulnerable, but not in a way that felt uncomfortable. Because... I didn't want someone to be like, well, on that Monday that you had a really terrible day, you also put a really nice Instagram post up. So are you lying to us? Like, mm. I didn't want it to be that that public in, in a way that would feel uncomfortable to me, but I still wanted to be vulnerable in the lessons I'd learned and how to share in a helpful way. Like, I don't, I won't write about something if there isn't actually a lesson there, because then it is just a rant, not a rant, it's a bad word, but an event and should be in your journal. Mm. But I did feel momentarily, not momentarily, for a while, I felt a little bit, yeah, what's the word? I didn't feel like a fraud because I think I just had to come to terms with the fact that what I was going through was actually going to help my business because of my personal development. Like if we think of business as first personal development, there was some level in me that knew that what I'm going through will then help clients and help customers and help my business because I'll be able to use those lessons to help and support others. Mm-hmm. But there was sometimes that thing of, oh, but I should be, it was just the expectation again, I should be this and I should be that. But people don't hire us because we're perfect Barbie doll mannequins. Like people want to work with us because if they resonate with our work, it's because on some level we've been through the same thing they've been through. Mm-hmm. And that's more important, I think, than than not being honest and not being vulnerable. Beautiful, yeah. Um, so when you are on that long bathroom floor, <laughs> yes, um, you were saying that one of the biggest beliefs you had to get over was that whole self-worth and success thing. I'm just wondering, yeah. uh, what what were the what was the, your head? How was your head getting in the way of your breakthrough? So my, my head my was head, telling I'm me talking about ego or the fear or yeah perfectionist. Yeah, there was so there was so much ego and and the ego was in massive inner critic like so loud that um, 
I think mostly it was the you, you did the wrong thing. Why didn't you see this? Why didn't you see this coming? That was something that I often thought. I'm like, how could I have avoided this? What else could I have done to make this better? And I would sometimes sit down with a notepad the way I would have brainstormed a new project and I would brainstorm in the past I'd be like what else could I have done how else could I have managed my time or my money or my resources like what what could have been different and it was all these what ifs and then but that but then and then if that then you know all of that stuff that just takes you on this maze in a place that you don't need to be and so my head kept me very much in the past whereas and also what happened was twice in that year, I got really sick with lung stuff, which, you know, as we, it's like all guilt, grief and regret. It's processing and letting go. And it, and I do have, um, when I was younger, I had asthma that would be triggered by sometimes too much like air travel or, or the change of season. But it had been years since I'd had a chest infection. And I mean years. And I got two really terrible chest infections the one time it was after a trip um that with my husband I went to the states and I got back and I had all my like I I had tried to fit so many clients into the the 10 days after my trip that I would probably have seen in a month and I got home and as soon as I got off the plane I said to Nick my husband I'm like I can't I I can't breathe properly and it was so bad that I actually thought I was gonna have to go to hospital and I had to obviously move all my clients I had to go on really strong antibiotics because I still took all my beautiful herbs, but I literally couldn't breathe. And that happened again a few months later. And I knew while it was happening that I was processing guilt and so so much guilt and so much grief. There was so much pain in my heart caused by my head being like, what else could you have done? Like beating me into submission of what if, what if, what if. And that was it. It was my head fighting with my heart and then my heart and lungs being like, okay, can't deal. Like, can't, give me a break. Can't actually can't get deal. oxygen to cells here. And can't get sure. oxygen. Yeah. Not yeah. living properly. Yeah. Okay. So it's really, uh, it's a really wonderful opportunity to be a health practitioner and a, uh, like we are and have these opportunities to actually see and do some transformation, isn't it? It's, yes, exactly. It's That's what it was. Oh God. Okay, so so what happened next? How did you mm, transform so this? I did so much. I mean, throughout the year, I was, I was, I don't want to say the word constantly in like, as in relentlessly, but I was consistently doing inner work and clearing on myself with kinesiology sessions that I would have for myself with my own healers, but also on myself. I went to lots of yoga. I did lots of journaling. It was like I was letting go, but I was also, it was almost like surface level letting go. It was like on a mental level. I'm like, oh no, I'm doing all the right things. Like I'm journaling and meditating and, and having healing sessions and having Reiki and kinesiology and all of that. But I had not yet fully forgiven myself. That was it. And of course, with hindsight, I can see that. But at the time, I kept thinking I was doing it. And the other thing is that I was still fighting with myself to do more. So I was I was pushing through fatigue. I was pushing through – I mean, when I was sick, I had to literally lie in bed for 10 days. I couldn't do anything. But I, well, as soon as I got better, I'd be doing something again and pushing through. And amazingly, through that year, so it was probably three years ago, it was like around 2014, I my clients dropped off. So I 
went from being fully booked six weeks in advance to having only like a couple of clients a week. And the truth is, energetically, that's all I could handle. Like I was exhausted and I was so burnt out and I was sick a few times anyway. But on the other, like my other part of my brain and energy was thinking, why don't you have clients? Why aren't you fully booked? What's going on? What else can go wrong right now? In like, it was just all this external success. And in truth, if I'd had more clients, I would have been ex- even more exhausted. Like it was a really, I had burnt myself out and my body and, and my support system, my energetic support system was saying, this is what you can manage. So if it's one client a week, that's what you can manage. If it's five clients a week, that's what you can manage. We're not giving you 15 clients a week because you will like implode. Yes. And so it was understanding, it was understanding my own energy and honoring it and Amazingly, the more I did that and the more I forgave myself, but deeply, deeply and not with conditions because for a little while I was conditionally forgiving myself. I'll forgive myself if and I'll forgive myself, but just for that bit and I'll forgive myself, but only when. And that's not forgiveness. That's like when you say to a friend, like if you have a discussion with a friend and and they get upset, it's like if you say to them, I'm sorry you think I upset you. Like it's not real. It's not a true forgiveness. And it was when I started to truly forgive myself and just say, this is all the stuff I'm carrying and this is all the stuff I'm forgiving myself for. And when I really honored my energy that I could, everything changed in my business and my and me, like everything shifted. Wow. So do you, did you have like a, a specific forgiveness process that you went on? Like, yeah, I have. Sort of talk us through it a bit. Yeah, sure. I have a, it, it is kind of like a process. And funnily enough, I, I would start to do it on a Saturday morning when my husband would be out. Um, he works Saturday morning, so he'd be out and I would be, um, by like often by myself at home, he works at, um, a gym and so well, he's like the manager. So he'll, he'd be teaching there. So sometimes I'd go to his classes and then I'd come home and, I would have this time to myself, which was amazing. And I would just sit there and I would often tune into exactly like, I mean, in kinesiology, I would write almost a goal of how I wanted to be feeling versus how I was feeling and tune into why I was feeling that way. The, um, I guess the, the expectations or the self pressure I was putting on myself. And mostly it was a journaling practice but it would bring you all elements of my own kinesiology healing so I'd there'd be oracle cards and there'd be essences and there'd be acupressure points that I'd be holding so it was almost a self-balance on myself but more than anything it was a lot of heart energy healing work so I would it was more of an intention really like I think you could do it without all the other things you don't need things around you to forgive and you feeling into that intention so initially you'd feel into it and you'd feel this wasn't complete or this has got conditions on it and you'd kind of yeah yeah it was the conditions that really I think that was part but that was part of the process of looking at the conditions that I was placing on myself and that's it's still another way of, of bringing in perfectionism and procrastination and also I had to really tune into how to let myself go with the flow and then how to create momentum or invite momentum into my life because I felt very stuck. Mm. 
So, and I felt like all the, I felt like I was doing all the, you know, in air quotes, the right things, but nothing was shifting and nothing was changing. And I think the more that I stayed in that space, the more I stayed stuck because I was focusing on what was stuck. And even though on the flip side, I was really trying to tune into abundance and clear that, that lack mentality of like, oh, I'm doing all this work and nothing's like, I didn't want to tune into victimhood and entitlement and lack. And I wanted all the other opposite, lovely things of those, but it did take a while to do. And the whole time I still had people around me supporting me. Like my husband had just been through this huge, beautiful change. He left, he was working as a lawyer and he figured and he left that to run um, our friends to fitness businesses. And he was doing this amazing job of, of shifting out of law and l- dropping all these, well, I'm going to also air quote this, but societal expectations of what it is to, you know, I'm a lawyer and people just almost instantly you up on, it's, it's a good status thing to, you know, if you say I'm a lawyer, people just can sometimes think that you're, I don't know, they put you above. Super smart, if you, super clear. Yeah. And for him to move into something that was his true passion that gave him and us a much more, a much better lifestyle where I actually saw him because he wasn't at work from 7 a.m. till sometimes 1 a.m. What? Yeah. And then weekends and then it was hectic. And so he was moving out of that and I wanted to be supportive of him. And I, I hope I was as supportive as I could have been in his change and shift. And he was creating all this beautiful momentum in his life. And it was actually inspiring for me to see because he is um, super smart and he is very he, he does he's still an emotional guy but he he won't look at like he won't get stuck in the emotions and the worry and the overthinking and I often do get stuck in the in the overthinking like I'm a massive overthinker and part of my journey is always to clear the overthinking so I can invite in the clarity yeah. and so to see him do that was I think also quite inspiring because. It helped me see that I was probably making a lot of stories around what happened. But it's just being like, okay, cool, this is this thing that happened and now I can clear it and I'm fine and I'm going to move on. I, I was putting so much weight on it versus being like, cool, it happened. It's in the past. We're months away from it. Let's next thing, move on. Yeah. Yeah. I can absorb some wisdom from it. Say thank you very much. Yeah. And off we go. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I feel like exactly. I feel like kind of what – that you were explaining there. I really love the way you kind of explained how you made the shift happen. Um, and there's two points I wanted to just point out. One was, I love that you pointed out that you were doing a lot of stuff like journaling cards, uh, mm-hmm. healing sessions, that that is actually can also be a distraction. Totally. Doing the work, which was the forgiveness stuff. Yeah. I love that. And I also love just the sense I got there in everything that you said was that you kind of just opened to spirit is what it sounds like. Totally. And I got shivers as you said that because I I had been trying to like mind bend my life, you know, like mm-hmm. control my life through my mind. And we can't do that. that's not why we're here and it doesn't it's not supportive (laughs) exactly and so I did it was it was tuning out and also what you said before about the 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 doing all the right things I people would sometimes say or like a healer or a mentor would say oh it's not about doing it's about being and I'm like okay but I'm but what I'm doing and being like I would get 
I would try to bring that masculine yang energy into the being. I'd be like, I can do to be, like I can make myself be, but you can't. <laughs> like it's not, that's not the point. And you know, it's not about like writing checklists or or like a to do list about how to be. And it's also not, not, you don't have to just be sitting there in meditation all day to be. It was this shifting out of the, it was, it was a shift out of doing. And I almost can't explain it more than almost what you said of moving into tr- a space of trust and spirit. And it was reminding myself that trust is infinite. And I had thought that I'd run out of trust. Like I thought I'd got to the end of my trust barrel and I was done. And I kept waiting for an external something to fill up my trust. And then I realized it's in me and I always have it and I always have more of it. (laughs) Which takes us so beautifully to that part of you that is unbreakable. Mm. Like um, I I just love hearing people's interpretations of what that part is, where it sits yes. and how you can tap into it. Do you want to give us your yeah. version of that? Yeah, and I think so the first two words that come to me when you say that is resilience and resourcefulness. And they've always kind of been in me. And especially I've always thought so if we're resilient, we can get through anything. And if we're resourceful we can get through anything. And so one might not have feel that they have both in them, but if you have one, you're okay. And so the resourcefulness is, I I mean, on the flip side, the resourcefulness I think can be when I turn more into that young doing, because I'm like, I'll just make it happen because I can like Google the tips that I need, you know, but it's the, the resourcefulness is deciding that if you don't have the, Resilience, or you don't have the skills that you think you need, or you don't have something in you, you can create it, find it, make it, borrow it, talk to someone else from it. It's it's the opposite of being a victim, being resourceful and resilient. But it's the resourcefulness that I think is just so important and beautiful, and it can be it's useful in every area of life. And so I that's what comes to me. What, what's coming to me as you say that is that to be truly resourceful, resourceful. Mm-hmm. You, it requires you to not be in your ego. Totally. Because in our ego, we don't need help. And exactly. We have all the answers and we are, you know, stoic and strong. Exactly. And I think, and it's so true, because I, I, I had a, um, a business like associate a few years ago who so much of what they were going through was, I mean, I say this also in hindsight. Oh, I probably realized it at the time, but very, very, very much an ego. So when something came up of let's hear some help or here's some, this is what else we could do or this is what else you could do. There was just like, it was like a, um, you know, what's that? It's like that scene of like putting an animal, putting their hooves down in the, in the dirt, like just stalling themselves because they didn't want to accept help because they thought they had all the answers, but they were also stuck in victimhood. And it was very, all this like drama that they'd carry around all the time. And I just think that to be resourceful means that you've always, if you don't know the answer, you look it up, you ask for help, you invite in support. You'll never be a victim if you are resourceful. Mm, I've never really thought of those two being linked. I love that. And and resilience? Yeah. 
Resilience, it's the same. I think resilience, to me, when I think of resilience, it's much more inner. So resourcefulness to me is like, oh, let's also bring in the support team when we need if we don't know the answer. But resilience to me is, firstly, it's the carrying on even when we aren't feeling great. Like I think sometimes people think resilience can be, oh, I'm all, I'm just always rising and always getting better. But resilience is hanging on when you feel like you're about to let go as well. Like it's that resilience is the bathroom floor moment. It's not always the golden, oh, everything's beautiful and is the champagne, let's open it. So I think it's that it's relying on your inner guide and your inner wisdom as well as your higher self and a higher power and it's that tuning into trust and spirit Mm. and you know unbreakable really one of my aims with this podcast is to to share stories of other people being resilient finding resilience and strength um and and a big part of that i think and I think you've kind of touched on this, is trusting the downturns, you know? Like it's not always, you know, cruising to the goal. And when we can trust no. the downturns, we, I, I believe that is a massive key to resilience. Yes, I agree. I think that's, yeah, I think that's where we can sometimes... Um, lose hope and faith in ourself or in our path or in what we're doing. But actually that is resilience. Like it's easy to be resilient when everything's just going beautifully. Cause you're like, Oh, what? And actually what reason do you have to call on resilience when everything's going beautifully? The whole point of resilience is that you call on it when things aren't feeling great. And you know, and I know within my marriage, for example, those moments yeah. where you're feeling like things are not going so well, um, yeah, and you're like, holy shit, something has to change. Blah blah blah. Yeah, it's after you've been there and you've come through it, mm. you feel so much closer, so much stronger. You know, yeah. so much more capable of being together. Yeah, but like resilience. I think you know when you have the ups and the downs it gives us appreciation. Totally. And I think it gives you that higher perspective and not even always higher, but just sometimes it's helping you to see the other side of something, like just to look at it from a different perspective. And that can help us uh, invite in so much clarity because we aren't so in it. We've stepped back. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I see um, it in, parenting as well like my children mm. come home from school sometimes so upset things that have yeah happened. and as a parent your initial response is just you want everything to go well for them always mm. like smoothly please yeah nothing ever touch my child yeah but you realize after a while that it's these moments where they just grow and learn and become resilient you know totally you want, you want them to learn that in the family the, the yeah. Cocoon, right? yeah. Out of it. So, yeah. um, I'd love to know how this bathroom floor moment of yours has changed you. So I think the, one of the biggest things is that 
I still set goals for the things I want to create and invite in, in my life and business, but I'm not as attached to them. So if it doesn't happen, I don't berate myself or give myself a hard time or wonder what if, what if, what if. I'm able to move on much more effortlessly and much, and not even necessarily faster. It's just the timing isn't an issue. So again, faster is a timing thing. It's more just like I move on more effortlessly without struggling to move on. And I think I also am much more able to stay in a state of flow and stay in my flow because I now have a deeper understanding of the fact that when I'm in, well, not even the fact, it's very masculine. (laughs) When I'm in alignment, if something happens, it is a hurdle that's okay. I'm because I'm in alignment. I can go around it, under it, over it, through it, much more effortlessly. And it's not it's not a barrier. It's just a little hurdle. And then because I'm in my flow, there's an, an answer will come to me. So even like on a very practical level, I've been looking for a new web developer, and I found myself getting quite stressed out about it because I feel like. On one hand, I'm like, there are so many. Who will I find? And on the other hand, I'm like, I can't find anyone. And so it actually was about me not worrying about the like the tiny little, I guess, all the decisions around, like, who will I email? What will I say? What will I ask them to do? What will I do when I get their quotes? I, like, all those tiny little things that aren't important. And I actually gave it up to my guides. I was like, can you just please help me find a web developer who's aligned to me and my work and my business and who's easy to get along with and it does brilliant work and I let it go because I'm like I can't micromanage this I can email 10 people and get 10 quotes and talk to 10 people and then I can make a decision and it was about taking out some of the stress and pressure and and making life feel easier because I'm not giving myself such a hard time about everything beautiful so so that's just one example of how it's feeling across the board yeah, I just feel like I I know I am supported, and so I don't feel like I need to micromanage my life. Mm. So, so yeah. you, tell us more about your guides. So, I think maybe um, when was it? Probably also around the time. Probably also around my bathroom floor moment or the beginning. I've always been very, I think, very intuitive and. Um, and I've always been able to listen to my gut feeling. And it started at a very young age, even in, I remember the very first time I was, I kind of used my gut feeling or, or tapped into my intuition. I was with my mom in a toy store and I wanted, to, I was allowed to buy one toy and I loved horses. I horse rode most of my, until I was about 17, 16. And I was, I was probably six or seven. And there were two horse, like toy horses that I really wanted. And I said to my mom, can I just have both? And she said, no, you get to pick one. And I could not choose which one. And I said to her, uh, she said to me, which one speaks to you? And I remember, I don't know if I actually said this or this is just my memory. And I was like, mom, none of them talk to me. They're toys. And she was like, no, which one it calls to you? Like if you left the shop and you didn't have one of them, which one would you be sad that you didn't have with you? And that was the first time I remember thinking, which one like jumps out at me? So I've always been able to... I think since then use my intuition in a way that is, it doesn't, it just feels like something will pop out or drop in. So even when I was, when I, I used to make clients a lot more herbs. Now my work shifted into even more energy and kinesiology work. But when I was more of a, um, before kinesiology, I was just working in naturopathy and herbal medicine. So when I would make a client herbs, 
I'd open my cupboard and I'd mentally and consciously know which herbs I needed to give them, you know, because of their symptoms and the outcomes that we wanted. But I'd open up my herbal, my dispensary, and the herbs that I needed for that client would, it was like the same thing with the horse speaking to me. They'd jump out. It felt like they'd pop out at me. So I would just grab those four, five, six herbs. And the other herbs that were on the shelf, they were just kind of, it's almost like they went a little bit energetically blurry. They didn't actually go blurry, but like they'd just be pushed back a little bit. And so I've been using my intuition for a while and I feel like my connection with a a higher power and guides has just become much more organic. And I think it's a lot through the bathroom floor moment because I would do a lot of automatic writing when I felt like I didn't have the answer that I needed. I would write in my journal and I would say, can you help me? Like, what is the answer to X, Y, Z or why? What can I do to whatever the question was? And there were times where my where my writing would change so drastically that if I look back now, I cannot read a word of it. I probably would still know what it says, but I literally cannot read it. Like if you looked at it, you'd think I was not writing. And it was so dramatic, like the shift from from my handwriting to guides. And it, and I think that was when I really realized that I am supported and I can ask for help. And I was speaking to a friend the other day who was saying to me, I wish I could do that. And I'm like, but you can, you just haven't maybe yet. Like you maybe haven't opened that, that doorway into that energy where you, where you talk to your guides or feel like there's something there supporting you and you're not always in air quotes, making choices and decisions by yourself. Yeah. Beautiful way of putting it. And um, do you have any kind of advice for anyone who wanted to kind of start out along that road towards feeling more guided I think automatic writing could is I mean for me that was the key so one thing obviously if you're not doing any kind of journaling would be to start a journaling practice and that's beautiful because the way I feel think of journaling is I'm I'm venting I'm releasing energy that feels stuck or trapped or stressed or agitated in me and I'm putting it in it's a container for your energy and your thoughts so that to me is journaling and I know there are so many other ways to talk about it or do it but that to me it's very simple my journaling practice I journal when I want for how long I want and it's as many pages as I want I don't do it every day if I don't need or want to I don't worry about what I write I don't write in a neat way no one reads it I just like word vomit it out but automatic writing for me, <laughs> automatic writing is maybe you do a little meditation first to call in support and then it's, it's very specific. You're asking a question and then you're letting your hand write the answer. And initially you might be like, okay, Cassie, but I'm totally writing that. And you might feel like you are, but the more and more you do it, the more and more you will feel a shift in energy, a shift in your thoughts a shift in the way you speak, a shift in the way you write, a shift in whatever it is. And you'll actually be able to write a response to your question. And it's it feels like it's it's your inner counsel supporting you. Because it's like, what do I do now? How do I feel better? Not better. How do I clear this? Or what can I do to whatever it is? And I think that is the biggest key. It's journal, uh, automatic writing for me was what helped me. And so... Give it a go. There's also a wonderful book called Writing Down Your Soul by Janet. I think it's Janet Connor or Janet O'Connor. And that book helped me a lot because I didn't always do all the prompts that she gave, but the idea and it, how it taught journal, automatic writing helped her through a really, really, really difficult period in her life. And it was 
calling on her guides and that to me was really inspiring yeah i actually feel like going and trying it straight after this call i've done it a little bit before but um i actually feel my journaling has kind of become automatic writing i feel like it's kind of coming from somewhere else often i'm I'm barely concentrated like i'm not putting my mental energy onto it but i'd like to just try it with like you're suggesting with questions i think that's a really lovely idea because it's very directed yeah Um, it's really nice it's really nice (laughs) so for you you're um you're uh writing a new book at the moment about resilience and resourcefulness i'm wondering what aspect of you know really opening to spirit and getting out of your crazy head is yeah. kind of challenging you these days maybe with that book writing process or with whatever you're expressing in the world yeah so good question I don't feel stressed writing the book I wrote I, and it's quite so a lot of the book is about surrender and picking yourself up after failure and forgiving yourself and then moving on and it's that inner resilience that we've been speaking of so the beautiful thing is that to write the book, I had to tune into surrender and and let go of it of a mental timing or deadline that I may have put on. So I actually wrote half of the book last year, very, 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 very slowly while I was launching my first book, You Are Enough, and and doing all the things that come with that. And so I didn't have any time last year that was like pure book writing time. So it was like a very slow process, and really it was a surrendering to the timing of what I could do in the time I had. And then I wrote the rest of the first draft early this year. And I really, I think because I was so ready to talk, to write about the lessons that I learned, I I didn't, I, I didn't struggle through the writing process. And I think I've also really um, come to understand the way I create and the way I, the, what I need to create. So I don't sit down and think, oh, this is so terrible and so hard. I sit down and I'm like, yes, I get to write. So for me, the surrendering is more, it's more, where is it? It sounds really almost silly, but it was, you're going to laugh, but like in finding my new web developer, that was a, that was like a mental struggle for me because (laughs) yeah, it was really like, I gave myself a really, yeah, I just think I put too much effort, like mental energy and I made it a much more stressful deal than it had to be. And I also have had people in the past be like, oh, the back, your back end of your website is a little bit like, uh, you know, higgledy-piggledy and the code's a bit all over the place. So then it's almost like I took that with me into new projects and I'm like, I'm so sorry, my website's like maybe a little bit hard to manage and then I would make it more stressful than it was and it sounds ridiculous. But I had to clear all of that and actually I did balances on myself for my website, if that makes sense. Like my website is beautiful and functions like a dream, that kind of stuff. I would actually align myself to that energy so that I made the process more simple because you can see how such a small thing when it gets stuck on a loop in our brain, it almost doesn't matter what it is. We just make it a big deal. I totally, I love that point. And I, I love that we can just uh, highlight that here because, you know, I think as practitioners and people who mm. hold space for people who are going through stuff, yeah, there is, it is so obvious that one person's trauma is another person's walk in the park yes. and vice versa. Yes. Like it's not actually the what no. that can that can hurdle us or yeah. um, trip us up. It 
can be the smallest little things and, and just what we what the what weight we've put on it and what exactly. stories we tell about it and how we get stuck in a loop with it. Yeah. Exactly. So that I feel better about it now, and I think I found my person, which is excellent. But that Woo-hoo. was taking up—I know—that was taking up some brain space for a while. But I, I really think, like, I'm not saying this to be in that I've cleared absolutely everything from that time. But I think because of all the lessons that I've learned, and especially through the writing of the book, I actually feel so much more able to flow and to not stress myself out and, and over-attach to things. So I'm in a really nice place like I'm not being uber difficult on myself and if it starts to happen I'm very aware of it and I can take steps and do the you know in a healing and and even like the I don't want to say in a work in a negative way but I can do that work to clear it yeah beautiful yeah all right my darling thank you so much for talking to us just finally where can people find you and what are you offering these days Sure. So thank you for having me. I've loved chatting. Um, so you can find me at CassieMendozaJones.com. So it's one long word, Cassie Mendoza Jones. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter that I don't use that much. Um, and Pinterest, which I've just been pinning all amazing, fun new things that I'm getting quite obsessed with. And at the moment, I'm offering, I'm about to start my Love What You Create Writers Workshop Tour next week in real time like as you recall which I'm so excited about and I'm working on my second book which will be out at the end of 2017 and yeah there's all fun things on my website if people ever go check it out and yeah otherwise I'm often on Instagram you can find the show notes for this episode at nicolematheson.com forward slash podcast 14 While you are there, download my free gift, Sweet Soul Whispers, the soothing words you need to hear when you are lost and broken. If you've enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to share it with your friends and pop over to iTunes and leave a review and rating. Hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time, bye-bye.